two redheads back from Daytona talking about racing. We were both at the racetrack. I know, briefly, but we were both at the racetrack, and our worlds collided again. I know. To make in your world was probably so much better in those five hours than it normally is. I'm going to stop you right there. I'm Andrew Curland. With me, Jason Schultz. First time I think I've ever done that. <laughs> yeah, first time you've ever remembered to introduce ourselves on the podcast. <laughs> no. fi- are you proud? Yes, I'm so proud. But those five <laughs> hours we got to spend together at the racetrack. I mean, never, we didn't think that would happen, so the fact that it did happen was pretty epic. Yeah, it was pretty last minute, and it was fun. We got to go on top of the old victory lane in the Chevy suite and watch part of the race. And You're welcome. There was a, yes, that was cool. And there was like a spinning like turntable with the car. Come here, and I spent probably like 10, 15 minutes just like walking, <laughs> yeah. you know, doing many very slow little laps as yeah. the show car spun around, which was fun. So I got my mileage in that night, too. Oh, good, good. I want to thank you for allowing Dirty Mo Media to take over your media center seats for yes. the day. It came in clutch. I'm like, seriously, if we didn't have you, if I didn't know y'all were going to be there and not coming to Friday, like we probably wouldn't have had a place to sit. So you, you courtesy acceleration nation. And you, you know what? You could sit there next time, next time you're at the track. And it was, so those seats were cursed. Can I just say really quickly? Um, the guy next to me, kept putting all of his stuff on my chair i'm like this is where i sit like how am i supposed to sit down like he had his coat he had his bag he had his briefcase at one point on my chair i'm like dude i gotta sit down so i mean he probably won't be listening to this podcast but yeah the, the person next to me like was not very spatially aware of like where he could set his stuff down did you sit in the left or the right seat i sat in the left seat okay i that was the inner seat so i can't relate but I was yes. but, but yeah, no, it was a fun weekend and yes, it was good to see you and Dilner again. We went to Waffle House very late in the night, yes. which was a lot of fun. Usually when you go to Waffle House at midnight, it's after you've gone to a bar, but we went straight from the racetrack and then we went to the, I went to the bar afterwards. You can hear that story on door bumper clear. That's a little plug right there, <laughs> but it was fun. Um, so we, you came down for the race weekend. I came down for to see the duels and the truck race and work with um, Dale Jr. on his live Daytona podcast that Team Chevy had set up for us, or we came and set it up there. So that was really cool to work with the Chevy people who are really awesome and super accommodating, and they love the content that Dirty Mo Media does. So it was cool to be a part of that, be a part of the Dale Jr. download. I got to work a camera for the first time. Like That was my sole responsibility. You know how nervous I was to work the camera? The only camera that was shooting this event by myself, I was kind of like, all right. Here we go. I've shot my leg. Oh, so you were the front camera. Yeah. Ah, okay. So I've like shot my little camera before, but never a legit broadcasting the um, a show of that sort. But that was pretty cool. The videos are doing super well. Jimmy Johnson and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. both came by. Jimmy's over 100,000 views, which is pretty awesome. So that was a fun project to work on. Fun to be in Daytona. Like I haven't been to Daytona three years since we got to hang out for the first time ever three years ago. So it was cool to be in town for the race weekend. I was cool with leaving early because it was my birthday, my friend Ben's birthday. He's listening, so that's his shout-out. You can say happy birthday, Ben, on the podcast. He'll he'll hear you. There you go. Happy birthday, Ben. But uh, I was cool leaving early, but it was just cool to be down there for the weekend and see cars on track and see people and do a show and kind of have a purpose to go to the racetrack and do work. Yeah. No, I, I, I mentioned this on Instagram, but – 
this weekend was like, you know, Daytona always breathes new life in you, but this weekend in particular was one where I just felt so much happier than normal. It was so good to be back, and that all has to do with the people and seeing everyone there again, so... Yeah, it was, it was great catching up with a bunch of people. And All right, so you guys probably can't hear this, but Jason is not using his normal microphone, so the input that I hear sounds like it's pouring rain, and there's, like, thunder going on right now. <laughs> I'm sitting outside. Yeah. It's like the episode last year where you were sitting outside, and like I kept hearing the birds chirp and all <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> that was a good one. Back to you being yeah. happier at the racetrack. I'm fairly confident it was the five hours we spent together that really set up your weekend to be so much better than usual because all the positive energy I brought into your life for that for that <laughs> evening. Would you agree? Yes. I didn't see any Bromberg tweets, which is really <laughs> nice. And, yeah, no, it was a good start. It was a good start to the weekend. So I, I, I did enjoy it. We got a great truck series photo finish yeah and we and i you never responded to my dm about this on twitter i had no idea that was jordan anderson that was this car truck that finished second yeah did, yeah did you, i know did you no, know that at the time? i did yes no you didn't you didn't i swear i'm listening to mrn oh, it was okay it was a race between n finger and jordan anderson right. i'm like what if anderson was this race and he was inches away from winning the race all right mr i listened to the radio broadcast and victory lane while jason's just out in the elements had no idea what's going on and that's why i guess i didn't know oh what you saying out in the elements is more natural it's better well it's more normal like a race fan like you were you didn't even tell me like hey it's jordan anderson I'm like i'm like oh that's cool i genuinely thought it was established wow <laughs> But we yeah no I'm telling you I love MRN like I will listen to them now sometimes I'll just mute the TV and put MRN. What are you gonna do this weekend? Like, what? What are you gonna do this weekend? Oh no! <laughs> Andrew's favorite broadcast channels Fox and PRN. Um, yeah. But we did go to Victory Lane together on Friday for the truck race and that was my first time in Daytona Victory Lane. So that perspective like we stood on top of the bleachers they have for the photographers and stuff. But you've always told me like that's how you all that's where you watch all the finishes to the Daytona races because you're always in victory mm-hmm. lane to interview people. So I was like taking that perspective and seeing how you saw you know Denny Hamlin and Mark Truex Jr. finish in 2016, yeah, and so many other finishes throughout like the years. Like that was a pretty cool just to be there and kind of think about all the epic finishes you saw from that vantage yeah. point. It, basically, for okay, so in 14 and 15. I saw the finishes from two different places. 14, I saw it from the grandstand. 15, I actually was where Mike Bagley was per- perched up, and I watched it from his stand. So it was there was a big wreck. I think that's when Larson wrecked on the back stretch, and um, they were going into turn three, and that's when Logano won. But basically, for the past five years, I've watched every single Daytona finish during Speed Weeks in that spot, which has been very cool. So yeah, and and for this weekend. I'll describe the finish from my perspective. It was... So, there's a little mini screen in Victory Lane that's basically the live TV broadcast in real time. And I watched it up until they got into the straight shoot after turn four. And that was where Newman was leading. I thought Newman was going to win this race. So, I turn and there were pit boxes that blocked my view. So I didn't see Blaney duck down or or get to the side of Newman or anything. So I'm like expecting Newman to cross the start finish line. Then I see smoke. I see half of what looked like a mangled car flying through the air. And then I see Hamlin and Blaney 
race to the top, and it was very clear that Hamlin won. Like, from my perspective, it was cool. It was straight on. You could see that photo finish, and it was Hamlin who won. But after that, we saw a couple more replays and realized how bad Newman's Wait, crash looked. So the TV, well, the track showed replays right after it happened? So, yeah, it was on the... I remember I, they they were basically mimicking whatever Fox had. But Fox didn't show so any. So Fox, they didn't show any. Replays, they didn't show any. Not right away. It was definitely a while before they showed. Like we left. Okay, so then the track might have shown something different, huh? Because I remember seeing the replay maybe two or three times. Oh, really? Of the crash. Yeah, no, Fox yeah. totally didn't do that for a while. That's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. No, we so and I don't know if Fox showed this, but when Hanlon was sitting in the car in Victory Lane. Did you see he was looking at the replay? No. Or did you see he was just looking at something? We, we weren't watching by that point. We went to dinner before that. Got it. So Hamlin watched. So we're talking about his celebration and how people like didn't like it. His first chance to see that replay yeah. and how bad the crash was when he, when he was sitting in victory lane. As soon as he got out of the car, it was a different Danny than what you saw in the front stretch. So describe the mood of the race. Bef- up until that point and then once that wreck happened in victory lane and all that describe yeah it. it was you know it's always like typical daytona you're gonna get a bunch of red flags at the end so um the guy named andrew who basically he's the guy who organizes victory lane does the hat dance you'll probably see him on tv this year he's like waving the car in tells him where to park and stop and he's usually sitting right by the driver right before the driver gets out of the car we were having a conversation. He's like, it was 13 laps to go. He's like, I bet you it takes an hour to finish this race. Hmm. And I set my timer there, three cautions, and I think two red flags later, we were at 45 minutes to the checkered flag. So he was close. The finish, my first very initial reaction was, oh my God, what an incredible finish. Another photo finish for the Daytona 500. Like, we didn't even know who won. Yeah. Like, if the caution came out or anything. So, it was like, I was genuinely shocked about how wild that finish was. Yeah. And to that point, I didn't see how bad Newman's wreck was. So, I thought it was just like, he wrecked, he might have hit the wall. Um, and, like, you know, he was going to be okay. Then I later saw that he was flipped over and it was taking him a while to get out of the car. Then the more I saw, more times I saw the replay, then everyone started to kind of change their mood. Like it was more excitement at the beginning. You could see, um, you know, people celebrating on pit road. And then as soon as like the replays started coming in with each replay, the mood started getting a little bit more hush. And I don't know if it was because it was Monday or because of what happened with Newman, but victory lane normally in Daytona is packed, especially with Daytona. They and, and Toyota, they have tons and tons of people in victory lane. Like it's so hard just to like get your spot on the ground. There was like nobody there. Yeah, it was crazy, and it was very um, somber. Is the best way I would describe it. It was like Hamlin couldn't quite celebrate this win. He didn't. Nobody really knew how to feel because I mean, you look at Denny Hamlin, who just won the biggest race of the year yet. Nobody really knows what's going on with Ryan Newman. And it got to the point where we were all waiting down down there, and I saw Chip Weil go up to Denny Hamlin. I, I believe he, because no one had really talked to Hamlin like privately before this. I believe he was telling Hamlin that Newman went to the hospital. And at that point, it got, you know, the celebrations got even more somber. And 
Chip and some of the crew members exchanged looks, and it was just, like, concern. Yeah. And they were all scared and close, honestly, to fighting tears because genuinely nobody knew the condition that Ryan Newman was in. And a lot of us thought that he was severely, severely injured. And that was not good. And, yeah, it was a tough interview, too, because it's like, how do you covered the emotions of winning the biggest race of the year yet the fear of a fellow driver yeah. being injured so that was really tough and yeah it was just a quieter less energetic victory lane people were huddled in small little groups um you know trying to see who had what information the media center yeah normally it's like buzzing that. and everything yeah. it was quiet maybe a couple hush conversations here and there but it was just it was different. I went and I went to the media center cafeteria just to get a water and Matt Weaver's there. He's like, you okay, man? And it's like, neither one of us really knew what to say. And we just kind of looked at each other and he's like, yeah, yeah. It, this is, this is tough. Yeah. And so it was, it was very difficult. I, I was extremely worried and terrified that this is like reliving 2001 all over again. And Thank God, thank God, unbelievable that Newman's able to walk away 42 hours after that wreck. So it was it was a very scary night, and um, my heart sank when I heard he was in serious condition, but then non-life-threatening. It was just about the greatest news you can hear that yeah. night. It, it helped me sleep a lot better knowing that, you know, yeah. he was going to make it. The perspective, this hasn't happened since we've been fans of NASCAR. Like, there's never been a driver severely injured of course, Kyle Busch broke both his legs, but that, like, he got out of the car himself. He was on the ground. He was awake, clearly conscious. Of course, that injury, yeah. truthfully, that injury is way worse than what Newman ultimately experienced. But the initial kind of reaction and um, unknown situation, that's Newman's was way, it was just way more severe. And we've never, ever experienced that. Not watching a race, not being at the track. Like we've never NASCAR is always like the cars are so safe. Every time anyone wrecks, they get out and they're fine. Of course, there's been a couple of handful of injury, like actual injuries over the years, but never, ever has there been a guy rushed to the hospital in unknown condition. Like that's very rarely happened in the last twenty years when we've been, you know, able to pay attention to the sport. And so, um, on door bumper clear today, they were talking about how their reactions were just kind of like, oh, this is 2001 all over again. But it's like, no, we can't compare to that. And so we've never no. seen a race where it's been some guys got injured and had to go to the hospital at the end. Like, it's never happened. So it's, um, it, we grew up in NASCAR where danger and injury wasn't prevalent. Like, everyone's always okay. So that was just right being in that situation I mean, and seeing that for the first time ever. Like, experiencing that was what made the situation so weird. Yeah. I remember... And this is where there was a little bit more confusion in Victory Lane because I vividly remember I moved down. This was after Hamlin got out of the car. And, you know, we go up on that photos, Dan. If you look and you, I, I don't know what TV shows, but when they show Victory Lane, like there's a bunch of photographers high up, you know, to get the good shots. I'm always up there getting B roll and video. As soon as I'm done, go down to the ground level where they parked the car and, and wait to get in line to talk to Denny. And I remember hearing the crowd cheering and nobody yeah. really left. And yeah. that was something that was very different too. It's like after the race, people normally wait, you know, for the driver to go in victory lane, maybe get out of the yeah. car and then they're gone. But like everyone was still there. And by the way, just side note, fantastic crowd from Monday. Like the stands 
in person looked really, really good. Well, Much better than I thought they would. If you're going to go to the biggest race of the year, Daytona 500, you probably should plan an extra day. Because like, that's one race. Right. If it got rained down, you had to leave. Like If you have to leave for work, that's another, a different story. But like, if you're going down for vacation, why not spend another day in Daytona Beach just in case? So glad fans, for the yeah. most part, plan for that because that, that's smart on their part. Yeah, but I heard fans cheering, and I think that's when they removed Newman, but then I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, it was overall, and Davey Siegel, people might know who he is, he he came up to me after Hamlin's press conference, and we just kind of looked at each other and honestly just stared off into space. Like, his face was super red, and and none of us really wanted to say anything. We just, like, kind of just stood there and, like, didn't even say anything, like, that was the whole mood is like everyone was just really afraid not knowing anything about Ryan Newman and afraid about his condition is how I would describe most of the night after post-race. So we talked about this a little bit before the podcast, but I want to bring this back up about the danger of the sport. So NASCAR, I think was branded on speed and danger when it grew into its mainstream popularity. Like those were the two factors that set it apart from other sports, from other disciplines, like the fact that these guys are going so freaking fast in these cars. And also they put their lives on the line every second of the race because these cars, like at that time, early, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, the cars were dangerous. The speeds were high catastrophe could strike at any second. And it did not often, but it did every once in a while. But thankfully NASCAR has innovated safety to such a high degree in the last 20 years that that danger element is not really present anymore. It's like, you know, it's dangerous, but every wreck we have always seen, the guy's got out and he's been fine. It's, or has not been never severely injured. Like this is the first time that's ever happened, but that like, it's a reminder of the danger element of stock car racing. That's something I don't think NASCAR has touched marketing wise in the last decade, but it's still a present factor in every race. And that's something that I think attract, like it's not that we want, danger to be the sole focus but it's something you always have to keep in mind and that you always know something could happen and it's a reminder that of the possibility and it's a reminder that that's what made nascar crazy popular because of these guys putting their cell their bodies on the line for a trophy like that's such an appealing part of nascar that i think was kind of lost now that we want to be reminded of it but it's kind of a kind of just a interesting to look at that and see that perspective again that we never really have experienced in our time watching the sport yeah and like luckily we haven't had to deal with someone passing away from race in in a long time but i think wouldn't you say my knowledge is very limited in terms of how long i've been watching sport i guess i can go back 10 12 years but out of out of from what i've seen the past decade or two that seemed like it was the most vicious crash yeah. that we've seen um i mean austin yeah. dillon's was i would yeah. say that was a close second but he got out of the car right away yeah i think it's well it's it conveniently these are all the three directs i'm thinking of are all flips uh the finish in a daytona race kyle, in offense. Yeah, oh, and kyle, kyle larson yeah kyle larson's was the most scary at first because it wasn't just concern for him and his car it was concerned that the fan like all the fans were right there and debris went to the right. stands and that was so bad. what's crazy is i think that wreck changed it do you remember what year that was that was 12 20, i think it's 12 13 13 and so then they redid in, okay so th- so 
in 2014, you were able, like, for that yeah. 500, You're we walked right up against the fence. Yeah. Like, yeah. right up against the yeah. fence. They don't let you do that anymore for obviously well, good reasons. But for the longest yeah. time, you could have walked right up to the yeah. fence that was like yeah. inches away from those it cars. It was like that. Like crazy. Ever since Daytona was built until Daytona Rising, and they redid that and raised the stands up. Because Austin's wreck in 2015, that was when half the uh, grandstands were completed at that point. And so where the he wrecked, there was that gap that had already been established. But seeing those cars fly into like that, I think the, those wrecks were scarier in the moment because of the impact of the fence and the potential for fans to be injured. But Newman's was probably the scariest on track, one car being involved in something. And then um, getting hit and getting hit twice, like not just hitting the wall and flipping once, which you've seen before, but then getting hit a second time and then in a t- like the worst possible spot in the car, like seeing that, that's what kind of took your breath away. And you're like, oh, that's... That's something we've never seen before. Yeah, I think it was seeing that up close shot of him getting hit the second time driver's yeah. side is what really made everyone in Victory Lane and the media center worried. Yeah. Um, but Ryan Newman is walking out of the hospital less than two days after that. Like, that is remarkable. A testament Unreal. to the safety of the cars and the um, quick medical response. You would think, like, when I first, when they were posting today, Wednesday was the first day they posted photos of Ryan in the hospital and stuff, and you just expect him to be, looked like he was Bedridden. in a fight, or he was in, like, a fight with a bear or something, and yeah. he walked out of the hospital just fine. It's, like, it's remarkable, and I think compared to what we were thinking in the immediate aftermath of the wreck to what two days later we're looking at, it's, like, such... Incredible. Yeah, Miracle. Like, you just never yeah. expected that. Um we're going to Vegas and clearly he's not racing in Vegas, but I truthfully, we have no idea the extent of his injuries, but I, like, I bet he's back in the race car this year, this, this season, year for sure. But in the meantime, our buddy Ross Chastain's going to get the chance to go in the six cup car, which is terrible circumstances, but I'm glad they picked him because he's probably the best available driver they could have selected for that, for that ride in the meantime. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Obviously, the circumstances surrounding how he got that ride is not good, but good that he's able to be given another opportunity and some good cup equipment. And it just so ha- like coincidentally, um, we've had it scheduled for a while to talk to Ross in Vegas on Saturday morning, and it's going to be a little bit more of an in-depth interview. And I also found out I was going back and forth with his uh, PR person, and I was saying instead of doing like a stand-up interview, what if we did like a walk-and-talk feature style? And she's like, actually, Ross would prefer doing that. He does not like standing still. He likes doing a walk. He like he likes moving. So. I just found that was interesting. But, yeah, so hopefully his schedule doesn't get any busier. <laughs> it's going to And busier. we'll be able to – well, yeah, but hopefully they're going to keep us in um, and we'll be able to talk to Ross about all that and put together a video for next week. So stay tuned for that. And uh, he'll, it'll be a very interesting conversation, which I'm looking forward to. Fantasy. I don't want to talk about fantasy. Yeah, me neither, but we got to because even though we didn't do well, some other people did. Hey, it's Daytona. Come on, people get involved in Rex. We'll just we'll just share who the points leader is. It's Eyes in the Sky. So I think that's someone completely new. Uh, so yes, Eyes in the Sky is our current points leader one race. following Daytona. Jason, you and I tied. Did you know that? God, I just want to beat you every single week. I can't 
We tied for 23rd. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I like when we gave fantasy updates last year when we were, like, second and third all year. I don't like this being the back business, but... That's all right. The regular season... It's a long way to go. The real season kind of begins Sunday, and I've dominated last year, so I plan to return to my dominating ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Each week, we'll share who the race winner in fantasy is and the points leader. So if you guys are playing along, listen to the episode, do well, and don't, we'll share your username. Yeah, yeah just we'll share your username you, on the podcast. Just don't forget to make your picks, because that's what I think people fall victim to. They miss one week, and then they get screwed. So yep. set yourself a reminder, make some picks. Going to Vegas, mile and a half. Remember how, well, do I really want to give away the secrets of who I'm picking? picking? I don't think so. But it's a mile and a half. Just remember that. You're going to Las Vegas, your first time in Las Vegas? First time. Um, I've never been. I'm very excited. I'm interested to see what your perspective of that track is. Their infield is supposed to be incredible with the neon garage, and um, their media center is supposed to be really nice. And I think it's a, definitely a different experience than NASCAR track, so I'm interested to, to hear your perspective, um, not on the racing, but on the facility itself. Yeah, I'll let you know. It'll be very cool. I'm excited. We're staying, like... A block off of the strip too so i'm excited to check out the vegas strip gonna do some gambling uh not old enough for that but gonna watch some people do some gambling yeah we could we could i want to see at least one elvis impersonator how about that <sighs> okay <laughs> in uh three or four years we'll both go to vegas and it'll be a little more fun i feel you know how like people say like what happens in vegas stays in vegas yeah if I do an Instagram post, I'm going to say, this is what happened in Vegas. <laughs> you know, just like lay it all out. This is what happened. Do you hear that? You're the only one laughing right now at that joke. Well, I told that to some friends earlier and they thought it was funny. So, Jason, I don't think you just like my jokes. I think you try Many too people hard. Do. I think you try too hard. I don't know. But we do have a very similar sense of humor sometimes, and I think you. I just saw take you it laughing at my Snapchat story earlier you today. You take it so. a step further than I would, but I do make some of the similar jokes. And I don't get, and I get a reaction, but I don't know. I just wish after you make a bad joke, I could hit you like I did in Daytona. Yeah, I hit you back, and you didn't. You did not see it coming. I did not. So going to Vegas, Andrew. Where can they follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andrew Curlin TV. You can follow me at Andrew Curlin on Instagram. You're actually going to do Instagram and stories Andrew this Curlin weekend? on YouTube. What? You're actually going to do Instagram stories this weekend? Yeah. Well, I did it last week, well, too. Uh, not enough. Yeah, I know. Uh, I always try my best, too, but sometimes... I mean, this weekend's going to be extremely busy. I think we have five or six interviews in the span of one hour, so we're going to be... Okay, that's one hour. Do it the rest of the day. Yeah, so, but yeah, we're going to be busy in Vegas, but I'll do my best to cover cover all the bases on Instagram. I think that's it. I don't nope. think we want to know where Jason is Follow on Instagram or Twitter. on <laughs> Twitter and Instagram, because I have the same handle for both, at HeyJasonSchultz. Um, I tweet about Dirty Mill Media a lot. I also share funny viral videos from TikTok. Go check that out. I don't know if we talked about that last time, but I'm up to at like 95K. It's pretty sweet. Fan that's pretty cool. Viral. Andrew said before yes. we started, I'm the most famous person he knows. He wants an autograph, which I understand. But um, maybe next time we Did see Did not other, say that. Did not say that. I'm taking that part out. Oh, yeah. You have the power of editing. Yeah. So if you guys are in Vegas and you see me, for sure, say hello. 
and tell me that my jokes are funnier than Jason. I think that's the most important part, and I hope he doesn't edit that part out. All right. Thanks for joining us this week <laughs> after Daytona. Go on to Vegas, and we'll be back every week throughout the season. So keep on listening to Redhead Racing Radio. Peace.